Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. In yesterday's or the previous program, I finished, I concluded by stating the following. How long do you suppose it will be before all Western nations, including the United States of America, surrender their autonomy to a one-world regime, purportedly for the collective good, for the greater good? And I say this again, and what will be the straw that breaks the camel's back? That is, what will be the combination of factors or issues purportedly requiring all free nations to yield their autonomy to a one-world regime in order for these purportedly unsolvable, unresolvable problems to be solved by a combined, single, worldwide regime, which is simply the next step from a vast coalition. If you remember these great coalitions of George Herbert Walker Bush and George W. Bush and Bill Clinton... And Tony Blair at Al. It really is just the next step, the progression. You could say that it goes back to World War One and World War Two, and the Korean War. These great coalitions, of which, even though there were many nations listed, many nations on the rolls. Nonetheless, there were very few nations which played a critical role. So what is the fateful combination going to be? What will it include? Well, the brain trust of these world leaders, these social engineers, all of whom have a fondness, which so many of them have alluded to, a fondness for eliminating the majority of humankind in order to make the planet safe. What kind of contrivances will they employ? Well, they've all been rolled out. Global climate change, of course, is one of the big boogaboos promoted by none other than the Pope, the titular head of the Roman Catholic institution, and promoted so greatly in the American public and private schools, in public education and private education, of the youngest and of the most advanced degree candidates. 
What other elements? Islamist terrorism, which has been encouraged and promoted in the back rooms by all manner of machinations down through any number of decades. And then, of course, nuclear weapons, nuclear disarmament. The proliferation of nuclear weapons, preventing that, stopping that, ending that. So-called overpopulation, which again, I've already referenced that our great leaders intend to stem the tide of that and to roll it back. Not just zero population growth, but a world population minus, oh, 5 billion people or so. Not just through zero population growth and attrition, but deliberate elimination of people. Of course, beginning with the most undesirables. You know, those whom Hillary Rodham Clinton famously referred to as constituting half of the current president's supporters. But Christians, genuine Christians, devout Christians, fundamental Christians, and patriots. Let's get rid of all of them, and then then we will include the nominal Christians, any professing Christians, all the way up to those who have no clue what Christianity is, but... And it keeps on coming, keeps on rolling. But what else? Pollution. You know, again, these insolvable, unsolvable problems. Pollution of every variety, so much of which is contributed by communist China and India and many other such nations. About the water crisis, water wars looming in the not-too-distant future, the need for potable water for, again, a population which is purportedly too large. One way to solve that is to cut that population back drastically. Famine. Adequate food for all the people. Well, you don't need so much food if you reduce that population. So you see, drastically, draconianly, murderously reducing the population solves so many problems. But it requires a one-world regime to really get the kind of reduction that is desired by the brain trust. And then we get to worldwide pandemics, you know, epidemics, diseases that go around the world. Now we get to Prince Philip 
and what is so near and dear to him when he has stated that when he dies, he wants to come back as a pandemic, as a disease. He wants to be you know, reincarnated as the worst killer plague the world has ever seen to reduce the world population drastically. Lofty aims, wouldn't you say, from Queen Elizabeth II's hubby. And then other problems. Natural disasters, earthquakes, tsunamis, volcanoes, lava flows, floods, tornadoes, hurricanes, fires. But a one-world regime will be able to rein in all of these forces. It's amazing, magical, really. You know, the same, the same great minds behind this are ones that insist, again, that global climate change is just terrible, disastrous thing that is caused by man. But interestingly enough, even with the huge amounts of pollution being spewed into the world's atmosphere by communist, bloody, red China, the regime, the communist regime, the machine, and developing nations like India, Despite that, the greatest amount of greenhouse gases, the greatest amount of pollutants into our atmosphere, into our water supply, the greatest amount comes from where? Comes from natural disasters. Volcanoes, volcanic eruptions earthquakes, and their attendant lava flows, fires. It's true that some fires, altogether too many fires, wildfires, brush fires, forest fires, as well as house fires, such as that, are caused by people deliberately committing arson. And some of these great ones that have caused such things have been environmental activists. Do you realize that? Yeah, environmental activists who have started raging fires that have destroyed millions and millions and millions of acres of forests. And have resulted in the deaths of firefighters, of volunteer firefighters and such. Many times these fires have been caused by environmental activists. You know, they do evil that good may come. We will destroy so that we will prevent destruction. It's, uh, it's great. 
But they aren't destroying murderers and destroyers. No, no, no. They're destroying forests. And water supplies, lakes and rivers and what have you. All in such a great cause. Well, we might not imagine, we might not be able to think of any royals, you know, like Prince Philip and so forth, that are capable of performing more than these figurehead duties, cutting ribbons and so forth, and being decked out with all of their medals and what have you. We might not be able to think of any that really can perform more than that. But know this, that when there is a single worldwide regime, there will be various royals that will play a role. They've been playing roles all the while. All of these little figurehead duties, ceremonial functions, and they will play roles in the coming regime. Various royals will. And then there are those that, again, behind the screen, behind the scenes, are working to accomplish these evils, like, again, the aforementioned Prince Philip. Well, in the previous program, I referenced these murderous, evil, Islamist, terrorist attacks that have been focusing on London and throughout England. The Manchester Arena concert. And in London, Westminster Bridge, London Bridge, outside of Parliament, what have you. Yes, these Islamist terrorists have been committing atrocities in Europe, across Europe. Spain, France, Belgium, Germany, Norway, and so forth. But for the time, they seem to have decided to focus some of their efforts here on England, whereas immediately prior, they were focusing on France and Belgium. These attacks are going to continue. Now, Theresa May, the current British prime minister, who is up for election, general election, she has been being besailed by <laughs> these uh, demands that she resign. It's rather ironic. I mean, she's up for election. So the people have the option of de-electing her, don't they? They have the option of choosing the opponents. The opposition, it doesn't require her to step down. But it is ironic, again, that she came to be prime minister in the aftermath of the Brexit vote, which she opposed. 
And with the dissolution of the government that was in place, (laughs) the dissolution following the Brexit vote, ironic that she got to be prime minister. Well, one of the calls that has been made to Theresa May has been that she release a suppressed home office report, a report on the international funding of these Islamist terrorist groups in the United Kingdom. The report was commissioned by the previous government and was supposed to be published a year ago. And it's being kept under wraps. I imagine you've heard, I'm sure you've heard about the sales of armaments to Saudi Arabia. Something that the United States of America's presidential administrations in their infinite wisdom have been engaging in for decade upon decade upon decade upon decade upon decade. You know, we like to maintain a balance. We want it to be fair and balanced, just like Fox News. So we support all sides, right? We we sell armaments and so forth to Israel, but we sell them to the Arabs who have attempted to annihilate the Jews, attempted to obliterate Jewish Israel. It's, uh, it's brilliant. <laughs> it's brilliant. But uh, the United Kingdom hasn't done the same because the United Kingdom, when Britain pulled back from Palestine at that time, they left. It was really very much similar to our evacuation of Saigon, Vietnam. The Jews in Israel were an extreme minority relative to the surrounding populations. Not only the populations in Palestine, the Arab populations there, the Muslim populations there, but all of the populations of the surrounding nations, including Saudi Arabia and Jordan and Egypt and Syria and Lebanon, and so forth. And when Britain left, they removed all of their weaponry with them, and they left the Jews defenseless. The Jews who were a population comprised of elderly of children, of people scarred, wounded, debilitated, scarred from the monstrous, heinous attempts to annihilate the Jews during World War II. But the Brits, being the lovers of 
fair play that they are, they left and they took all of their weaponry with them and left the Jews to be annihilated. Winston Churchill was not in power at that time. Instead, it was the leftists, you know, the liberal party, the leftists, the socialists, the extreme socialists, because uh, they are not the only socialist party there, but there are socialists uh, across the landscape there in Britain. But as there are in Israel, but Israel miraculously survived even though they were immediately attacked, invaded by the millions and millions, the throngs of Muslims who attempted to annihilate them. But miraculously, literally miraculously, this tiny reclaimed nation of Israel survived. The Jews survived. And the majority of Arabs in Israel, they fled, they left. Of course, then, ever since then, they've been demanding that Israel be given back to them. But anyway, the United Kingdom has supported Saudi Arabia, right along with the U.S., and they recently approved three and a half billion pounds worth of arms export licenses to Saudi Arabia. Which is fascinating given that if this report should be released, it would undoubtedly, very damningly, show great Saudi Arabian involvement in sponsoring Islamist terror in UK. But then, of course, the United States of America, we continue to play that same game. So, the State Department has approved sale to Saudi Arabia of 26 radar systems and other sundry equipment and support manpower, woman power, worth an estimated $662 million. Oh, but this is for defense. Defense from whom? Defense from Israel counter-punching, counter-striking in retaliation against Saudi Arabia? Oh, no, 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 it couldn't be that. Couldn't be that. No, 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 it's just, it's just to predict, predictably see to it that the Saudi Arabian royal monarchy there be propped up. Not that it be enabled to commit aggression against Israel, because, of course, it would never do that. And furthermore, 
if the Saudi royal family, such as it is, should fall, various elements of that family, which are so involved in sponsoring Islamist terror, if it should fall and the nation should be taken over by Islamist terrorists who should make it their launching pad of terror around the world, you know that their number one target is going to be Israel. So it's so helpful for them to be able to protect themselves from any harm from Israel. So helpful. So anyway, United States of America is doing its part. Yes, it is. And Jared Kushner, son-in-law, golden boy son-in-law of our president, Donald Trump, he intervened. He intervened personally to see to it that Saudi Arabia should receive preferable pricing on weaponry, such as on a $110 billion deal. But I digress. The Islamist terrorist Call it a war, if you will. It is, frankly, not fit to be called war. There should be a better word for it. These terrorists that are committing it are not soldiers fighting soldiers. They are hiding behind women and children. They are attacking, targeting women and children and civilians, unarmed civilians and unarmed police and what have you. But this is going to continue. And just... Positive thinking is not going to change that. And regardless how well-intended anybody out there is, whether they happen to be in the entertainment industry, music, movie-making, whatever, whatever imaginings they have, that looking for the good in everybody is going to make these problems go away, they are in denial. But the president, the commander-in-chief of this nation, he seems to be most keenly focused, his administration most focused on the North Korean regime, and the Iranian regime at this time. Again, two of the infamous axis of evil of George W. Bush. It's not that they're not evil. (laughs) The ones in charge there are evil, but 
North Korea, again, will be used as a puppet, as a marionette. It will be used to draw the United States of America in, even as was done to famous George Custer long ago at the Little Bighorn. Iran will be used, used against Israel, but also used against whatever vulnerable United States positions there happen to be in its range. But they are not the great, great threat to this nation, nor to free nations in this world. The great threat is posed by the bloody red communist regime of mainland China and the Russian bear, Vladimir Putin's Russian Federation dictatorship, both of whom are intimately involved with the use of North Korea and Iran. But let me just break for one moment here to say, I am Brad Thomas. This is After All is Said and Done. In case you missed the introduction to the program, the United States of America currently is engaged in what is supposedly nothing out of the ordinary in Asia. Just routine deployments. Strictly routine. But interestingly enough, the U.S. Navy has sent what amounts to three groups. Any one of which is considered to be very powerful, very intimidating. But we haven't sent one. We haven't sent two. We've sent three naval task forces to the area of the Koreas. The USS Nimitz, which is the Navy's oldest operating aircraft carrier, has now departed San Diego, California. With its objective being not just the Pacific Ocean, but the area in which North Korea resides. We currently have the USS Carl Vinson and USS Ronald Reagan aircraft carriers there. So the Nimitz now will be joining them. With the Nimitz, we have destroyers USS Shoop and USS Kid 
and destroyers USS Pinckney and USS Howard and the cruiser USS Princeton. So this will bring our forces, our naval forces, to a strength of three nuclear aircraft carriers, two cruisers, 12 destroyers, all who will be operating in this same area of the Pacific. And then there are Japanese ships, as well as South Korean ships nearby. Meanwhile, as far as what's underneath the water, that's another matter. But they will have the world's largest force of submarines in immediate proximity to them because that force of submarines is North Korea's. But whether this be likened to saber rattling or whether this is a matter of prudent defensive positioning, it is anything but routine. It is the furthest thing from routine. Mad Dog Mattis, our Secretary of Defense under President Trump, he has described North Korea as presenting a very real and very grave threat to the United States of America, to the world. And at the same time, he has stated that a military option, a military solution would result in unthinkable consequences. I think it's not an unfair characterization by him, but then there's the matter of is failure to act going to result in better consequences? It is a difficult situation for sure. But even if, even if the United States of America holds off from any kind of military option, as it seems to be intent on doing, it seems that all of this is intended to persuade North Korea to behave. But, so then the question is, what is it? Is it a bluff? You know, bluffs have an inconvenient way of being called. (laughs) 
being able to be forced. And then what transpires? Well, regardless how terrible the consequences resulting from North Korea initiating and or responding, and I would see it as initiating and responding, initiating with aggression against the United States forces and the South Korean forces and the Japanese. And then, after initiating, responding to the counterattack from U.S. and allied forces. Regardless how terrible the consequences may be from that, the more grave consequences would be from the others who are intimately, directly tied to the North Korean threat, communist China and Putin's Russia. It is a very difficult situation, a very sticky wicket, perhaps the British would say. Well, Islamist terrorists, ISIS, IS, ISIS, ISIL, Daesh, they have claimed responsibility, shockingly enough, for these murderous terrorist, cowardly terrorist attacks in England, in Manchester and London. But, as I referred to in the previous program, as terrible, as truly terrible, as the dangers, as the destruction from the Islamist terrorists around the world, including here in the United States, Islamist terrorist cells in the United States, and those who support them and sponsor them and encourage them and promote them and reward them, and those resident in the UK and resident in France and Belgium and Germany and Scandinavia and Italy and Spain and so forth, as terrible as the evils are that they can inflict, as they have been inflicting currently up to the present, even if and or when, and according to E. Manningham Butler, it's only a question of time, not if, but when, they manage to use chemical, biological, radiological, nuclear weapons. in major Western cities. Even as monstrous as the danger, as the repercussions, as the unthinkable, unimaginably horrible consequences from that would be, 
it still is dwarfed by the plans of the brain trust. Those who are dedicated to the enslavement of mankind. And it's ironic because Islam is dedicated to that. Their evil guru, leader, referred to as prophet, Muhammad, that is, was, and continues to be the ultimate goal of Islam. Islam being an ideology, a political, military, religio ideology, which uses false religion as its little engine that could to enable it to accomplish the overthrow of Western civilization the annihilation of Christianity and Jewry, and the enslavement of the world. That is the Islamist endgame. That is Muhammad's endgame. There are myriad Muslims here, there, and various other places who insist that Islam is a religion of peace, And these Islamists, they have hijacked it and they have perverted it. And so on and so forth. But they never disassociate themselves from Muhammad because to disassociate themselves from Muhammad means disassociating themselves from Islam. They never disassociate themselves from Allah, which is just another name for Satan just a pseudonym for Satan, or you could say, well, another personality of Satan, if you want to be really bizarre. But a rose is a rose, by whatever name you care to ascribe to it, but Satan, you know Satan by Satan's actions. He came only to steal, to murder, and to destroy. The evil hate the good and seek to destroy them. He is the father of lies. All of this accurately describes Allah and this so-called great world religion, Islam. All of it describes Muhammad, minion of Satan. And there are vast multitudes of people who apparently blindly, ignorantly, regardless of their intellect, blindly, ignorantly,
worship Satan in disguise. And they insist that they believe in peace and freedom and so on and so forth. But this so-called religion that they are parties to, and I would say enslaved by, is inherently evil. If you want to get to the heart of Christianity, you have to go through Jesus. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. Jesus is the, not just personification, he is the essence of Christianity. Christianity is of him, from him. If you want to get to the essence of Islam, you have to go through Muhammad. Evil, lying, vicious, ruthless, sadistic, perverse, torturous, kidnapping, raping, child raping, child sexual enslaver, mass murderer, intent on the annihilation of Christianity and Jewry. You take Muhammad and Allah away from Islam, and you've got nothing. They are Islam. And it's so ironic, so ridiculous, this nonsense that these people go through about you know, professing peace to those evil ones, and that peace is from them, and that right within Their protestations, they are announcing that they're going to go out and slaughter, you know, the infidels, the babies, and the children, and the young people, and the young women, and the pregnant women, and the women with their babes and their toddlers. They're going to go out and they're going to slaughter them to defend Satan, to defend Allah, to defend Muhammad, who's dead and gone from this earth, but currently residing in hell. It's, well, it would be funny if it weren't so terrible. If it weren't so terrible that these evils go on being committed. And they're not going to stop being committed. The geographic targets may shift and may change. And one day, one week, one month, one season, this nation or this group of nations may be the favored targets. And the next, it may be another nation or group of nations or continent. But the end, the aims, the goals 
are going to remain the same. The tactics may change ever so slightly, and the weapons can, of course, vary. But again, in terms of the actual body count, that the sophisticated world leaders, the aristocrats, the elitists, and there are scads of elitists that don't have any claim to royalty. And we've suffered under them here in the United States of America. But their intentions, their plans, their purposes are to eliminate vastly greater multitudes than are likely to be eliminated by these Islamists for the simple reason. It's not that the Islamists are unwilling to eliminate 5 billion. Of course not. Let's eliminate it all the way down to just the Muslims. And then, on our way to that goal, or after we've reached that goal, either one will work, then we eliminate all of the Muslims that, you know, are really infidels. Because they're the wrong kind of Muslims. They're not the true believers. So, yes, absolutely. They are more than willing to eliminate five plus billion, six billion from this planet. But in terms of who has the wherewithal to do that, at this juncture, at this point in time, the United States military power is greatly reduced. Of course, the nuclear stockpile is a fraction, a fraction, a small fraction of what it was. Meanwhile, communist red China and Putin's Russian bear have greatly ramped up all of their military forces, their military equipment. They have stolen, they have hacked, the latest and greatest American military technology, and in some cases, perchance, even improved on it. And they, these nations, are the ones where the greatest concentration of power is. And the intention for so long has been to take over and control the United States of America. Because the United States of America, for all of its flaws and all of its wrongs and all of the injustice that has been made routine in this nation, courtesy of these great leaders, it still has been what has prevented the enslavement of this world heretofore via communism. And these great ones... If they have their way, when they have their way, they will manage to combine forces. 
And what can be known is their intentions are evil, are malevolent. Their intentions are the enslavement of this world and the annihilation of the good. And that's the truth. And they are the ones capable of doing it, not the Islamists. They will use the Islamists, for sure, as they have and as they will to necessitate the forming of a one-world regime, along with global climate change and so forth. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you.